Welcome back to the Moves Room, everybody. We are back with Glenda Pereira. She is talking about monitoring equipment on a dairy today. A lot of her research with Dr. Bradley J. Hines up at the University of Minnesota Dairy at the West Central Research and Outreach Center is about monitoring equipment, specifically activity monitoring equipment. So collars, leg bands, ear tags, all of it. That's her expertise, and we're excited to get into it with her today. We've had some issues recording because we're trying to use Zoom. We're not allowed to meet in person as we all try to follow CDC guidelines and stay safe. So uh, audio is going to be pretty abrupt as we jump in here. We're missing the audio that had the questions leading into the segment that you'll hear in just a second. So the question I'm asking Glenda as we start here is why did she have interest in Minnesota? Why did she choose to move to this incredibly cold place instead of the Hawaii of Europe, the Azores? Right. So being that I had experience with pasture-based systems, because that's the majority of the systems in the Azores, I really like the fact that we were a research herd that had ability to uh, be pasture-based. You know, not many research dairy herds are like that or even just the just general dairy farms are pasture based so there was a really unique component to the west central research and outreach center i also fell in love with the various breeds that they had there being a holstein um girl coming to experience and you know work with all of these breeds really kind of uh put the cherry on top for me um and then i went and finished my last year of undergrad and Brad had funding for a master's working with precision dairy technology and pasture-based systems. So I came uh, to be his grad student starting in 2016. Okay, so, and, and then you started working on monitoring equipment? So we started out with wearables and we just uh, started working with Automa- automatic systems or, um, you know, in parlor robotics, that type of precision dairy technology. So the wearables we had were still in the um, phase of like, you know, validation and different systems. But obviously being that confinement is most common across uh, dairy farming, that's where the systems were first validated. So we found that, uh, you know, maybe these systems work well in a confinement herd, but there's a lot of things that change from a confinement herd to a pasture-based or low-input dairy herd. Yeah, and I've been to Morris, and I've seen the pastures and how many sensors you guys have up up there, (laughs) and it is kind of mind-boggling how many different posts are out on the fence lines trying to pick up all the sensors. I mean, it's already difficult enough in confinement to get all that stuff hooked up and figured out and where it goes. And I would assume that most of these technologies are based on an algorithm, right? Like they they can kind of look at different actions and and data and decide how much the activity level and things like that. How how different is that when you go to a dare, to a, a pasture? Yes, that's the challenge, and that's something that we tried to uh, do research on because that was there, there was a knowledge gap, and we wanted to fill that. And of course, I also want to mention that pasture-based systems and even organic systems within the United States can benefit a lot from precision technologies. 
for example, in organic systems for estrus detection, you can't use, you know, you can't sink the cows, you can't use any of those systems or timed AI. Uh, so, so detecting estrus is really important, and you know, this is where precision dairy technologies can fit. They fit well in pasture-based and organic systems. And yeah, somehow I always forget, and I I'm reminded every time that I I used to work on a lot of organic dairies, but I I feel like uh, sinking cows and 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 things like prostaglandin and and GnRH they're so ingrained in the dairy system. I forget that organic producers can't use them. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. The activity monitors are a perfect fit. Right. And even for uh, preventing, so a, b a big thing that you have to do in an organic system, because you can't treat cows with everything that you can in a, a conventional or commercial sh uh, dairy system, is you, you have to kind of get at the problem before it, there's a visual sign. And, and wearables or these monitoring systems can really help with that, right? If, if they're recording uh, eating time, rumination time, everything like that, or even in the parlor, if they're recording uh, those milking parameters, if the cow is off of what her usual activity is, those systems can tell you and then before you even visually see that. So it's really advantageous in organic uh, herds to use a tool like this. That makes a, that makes a ton of sense. It's actually growing. There's uh, you know quite a few that, at least in Minnesota here, that do have activity systems. Some have collar systems, some have ear tag systems. Some of the organic dairies, you know, with uh, robotics, uh, some organic dairies have robots. So you have an activity system that comes right with the robot. So um, there's quite a few uh, grazing and organic dairies that have robots now in, in Minnesota and the upper Midwest here. So they all have activity systems. That's cool. It's, it's growing. It's growing. And and do you have a preference, Glenda? I know there's, I mean, we've got collars, we've got anklets, we've got ear tags. I'm asking you to, to tell, tell me which one's the best. Yeah. So there isn't a best because, you know, the, the way that it works is always evolving. Kind of like, you know, the first Apple Watch. It wasn't what the Apple Watch 5 is now. These, these monitoring systems are always evolving and changing based on what they see that is working and not working. And whenever people ask, ask me that, I always say, well, how are you going to use this system? And, you know, what do you want to get out of it? Because if a dairyman is just looking for estrus detection, then, you, you know, here's a system that works really well for estrus detection and it's super easy and, you know, let's get on with it. But if you're looking to spend some more time and, you know, you want to do more with it, then Here's what I suggest. I personally really enjoy the ear tags myself just because of how much management I have had to do with these. So personally for me, ear tags are super easy to put on and take off. However, as I had mentioned, uh, a lot of things factor into which one is the best. One of the coolest things with the ear tag system, and I don't think people understand how it works, and I honestly, I don't understand completely how it works is how can I get ruminations from having that ear tag from what I can tell it's it's the ear movement they've identified specific ear movement that is is associated with rumination yep 
So someone like me that I did for many, many, many hours uh, sat there and watched the cow. So you can do it two ways. You can watch video videos. So if you're in a confinement herd, it's easy to set up a camera. However, in a pasture-based herd, it is not. So someone like me sat there and said, this cow was ruminating from time A to time B. And then someone will go back in uh, to look at the, you know, the raw data from the system and say, this is ruminating. And that's the problem with validating these for confinement herds versus pasture-based herds, because there's a lot of factors that can affect uh, ruminating in pasture. As you mentioned, you know, grazing is eating and activity. How do you say one is eating and one is activity? You know, they're two different things. We we were challenging that and saying, well, eating, uh, grazing is not just eating. It is also activity. And we actually got to validate a grazing behavior for one of the companies that we worked with because it is very specific. It is, it is a very specific behavior. Yeah, it's always been fascinating to me. And I, I figured it had to be something like that, that someone just spent way too much time sitting there watching a cow and then someone else had to correlate with what they saw. And that's, that's amazing to me that someone figured that out. And it blows my mind every time that I think about it. I, I like your tags when I see them on the system and, and when I see them on farm, I like how they're managed and the way that they're set up now. And a lot of the different companies out there, they're not all that big. So I don't worry about them falling out all the time which is always the biggest concern, right? Because they're expensive. And... You would be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, ear tags are going to fall out no matter what, especially in confinement with headlocks and everything else, right? Um, they're they're very good at, at getting them ripped out at some point. I'll tell you, I'm surprised how many heifers we have lost had ear tags uh, lose out of their ears on pasture. We probably lose 10 ear tags a year from our heifers on pasture. It's and these are breeding age heifers. I'm not sure what if they're falling out or what's going on. But Who knows? Heifers. It's, it's life. And we've tried to find them, and they're hard to find. What if the system has a GPS function? Can you find those tags that fall out? The GPS. The GPS can give is you... grad students. What do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> just walking the pasture. And exactly. <laughs> exactly. The GPS can give you some indication of where it is, but it's not perfect. In a pasture-based system, you also factor in the fact that it can get pushed underground. <laughs> okay, yeah, I it just makes me makes made me laugh because I know that people are losing tags, and I think I had I had heard from one of the reps that they were like, "Well, you can find the tags," and I'm like, mm, "Can you, you though? You, you you can some what one of the systems, a couple of the systems, you can. Um, it obviously it costs a little bit more to have that feature, so. Yeah. You know, is it worth paying the extra money for that feature or just to buy another tag, I guess. So, so Glenda, you're saying when you're choosing a system, the, the biggest factor is knowing what you want it to do because there's no reason to pay extra money if you're never going to use that feature, right? Correct. Yes. And it's really based on, you know, the person using the system. I and Brad love to look at data. You know, what were these cows doing on this day, on that day? So we would want something that spits out a lot of data. But 
is that practical for you know a day-to-day -day, uh person who is doing a lot of her checks or things like that no so you want something that can be easy to use and how how much control do you have over it let's say you have like it, it keeps picking up and telling you that these cows have an issue because ruminations are decreased and you consistently can't find anything wrong with them can you adjust it can you change the threshold levels is that all a possibility in these systems bradley oh me she's pointing to me <laughs> so i let um, brad talk because in the beginning with our first system we had to do some adjustments you you, you can't adjust the, the the company can't adjust some algorithms you know usually they have an algorithm that does all the computations and so you can't necessarily change that as a farmer. You know, when we first started, we were breaking one of the systems that we had just because it had a lot higher activity than uh, what they would have expected, just because it was a pasture-based herd. So they had to sort of readjust the thresholds and stuff. So we weren't having such high activity levels uh, in our herd. So it, it can happen, but it doesn't, you know, not that often. There are some, you know, we just have a, a new one now that maybe we'll see if it works a little bit better for pasture-based herds or not. They have some sort of grazing algorithm. Glenda just had a, a paper published that looked at one that uh, tried to look at grazing behavior that does it quite well. So, yeah, what, how many how many technology? We've got, like, what, five or six of them? Yes. I, I've seen your cows. They, they have quite a lot of jewelry. Jewelry, yes. I think most of the cows, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, what we have on the cows. It's, it, it's I'm pretty free, and people want to, Ask us about them. They can. We have SCR heat time on cows. We have cow manager on all of the cows. And we have Affiact on all of the cows. Those are the main ones. We have Smart Bow as well, uh, mostly on the grazing herd, the organic herd, uh, just because that's a solar system used for pasture based. We also have used Rumi Watch. That's a Probably a scientific one. That's mm -hmm. not one for a right. It's like a halter, and it and it gives you really good data because it uh, is a it's it it is meant for scientific experiments. Lots of eating and drinking behaviors yep. and stuff. Cool. Uh, we also have um, Smax Tech. Smax Tech bolus, so we can look at internal temperature, uh, body temperature of cows that we use for heat stress stuff. Uh, that's, that's a all. lot of that's I a think lot that's of all. data. Uh, that, that's what we have for now. Um, so yeah, that is a lot of data. Yeah, that's yeah, a it's lot a lot of, of data, especially you know our milking system is is affy milk, so we get all the milk data along with the activity data from that system. So it's just how do you? That's the big question: is how does a farmer use all of this data? Is is the big question that I think still eludes all of us. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where we're we're headed is that we need a way to manage all this data, and that's that's not a problem that's unique to the dairy industry, obviously. Oh yeah, uh, big data is a big business right now. Um, we should say that we you, we talk about beef. You know, some of these systems have actually. Uh, Glenda may she did all the lit review stuff, but some mm -hmm. of these systems they started in beef cattle. Uh, yep. as well or have validated them in beef yep. uh, animals well. it, it's it's quite an investment up front uh, between tags and sensors and everything else so i think it would be very difficult to run that break even on a beef operation 
but if you've got high dollar seed stock animals, I mean, it could, it could definitely do some stuff for you. And it, and it, I think there's a labor saving component of watching for heats and things like that. It definitely plays into that. There's so many other, you know, I named a few of the technologies that we have, but there's so many more out there. There's pedometers, there's devices that notify people about calving in animals. Uh, you, you name it, there's so many out there and, and kind of the sky is the limit. But I think it goes back to what Glenda said. You have to determine what you're going to use it for and then sort of pick the, the technology because sometimes they, they can be expensive. Like that, yeah, that upfront investment is not, it's not cheap, not cheap. No, and I, I think that's that's the, kind of the, the difficulty with some of this is trying to figure out how to put prices on the and costs and value savings on, on some of the things that you're, because a lot of it's time, which is not hard to value. And, it, and in some cases for a lot of farmers is fairly priceless. But then there's the things like, well, I actually can catch this animal a day or two earlier than I would have otherwise for, for uh, an illness. And it's like, well, how do I, how do I put a cost on that? And how do I value that so that I can, can figure out that break even, or where does it lie? And, and you can go back to pregnancy rate and decide, you know, well, I'm actually going to get semen in this many more cows. So my, even if my conception rate doesn't change, my heat detection rate is off the chart now. Yeah, and I'd say our herd has improved. You know, before we we put in the first system in 2013, and we were running a 28, 29 preg rate, and after you know we're running 42 preg rates right now. So granted, that's a lower production herd grazing base, so it's probably higher than the average conventional herd. But we've improved our preg rate immensely just by using the activity system for breeding. It 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 works out and we probably still have way more heifers than what we should because we find all those animals in heat. It helps. It, it, I wouldn't say we, we don't solely rely on it for heat detection, but it, it's a great tool that helps us improve our heat detection skills. My last point to make was uh, kind of like everything else you guys have talked about on this podcast that I've really liked is that these are tools you know, we can't replace, we can't replace a person or anything else management wise and, and, you know, put in an ear tag or a collar or whatever and say, okay, I no longer have to manage this because now I have this. Really, this is a tool to help us manage better, right? You still have to do everything correctly uh, for AIing, you know, if, if, okay, the, great, the cow's in heat, but what about your AI prep and your semen prep and everything like that? the area that they're in, the nutrition and everything like that. Yeah, that's pretty this consistent helps. with with most of these technologies that we see, right? Even if you look at robots, robotic milking, people look at it and say, well, I'm saving labor. Well, I don't know if you're saving labor. You're just changing what kind of labor that you're going to do, right? In some cases, I think these save time. But again, like Glenda said, you got to continue to do everything else right or it doesn't really matter at all. Well, I think we've got plenty of tape. Um, and I mean, if we have more to talk about too, we can just have you back again, Glenda. If there's any, if there's more stuff she you can want to talk, talk about, about. crossbreeding and feed efficiency, one day. That'd be good. We can do that later. That'd be good. All right, that's all we got for today. Uh, thank you for listening to the Moose Room. If you want to get a hold of us, questions, comments, scathing rebuttals, catch us at the Moose Room at umn.edu. That's T H E M O O S R O O M 
at umn.edu. Again, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Does anybody email you with that? I'm just waiting for the day like you let one of us spell the email address. Yeah, you can go for it anytime. I'll just, I'll just start, I'll start the, and I'll say, you can catch us at the Moves Room at umn.edu, and then one of you can just go T-H-E-M-O-O-S. Do you like a cheer? 